0: Welcome to the Women's Leadership Network podcast series. This series was created as a means to encourage, inspire, and empower women who want to make their lives better.
1: As far as being a woman, I recognized early on that there's a narrow path that women had. So I learned how to modulate my behavior so I could project self-confidence in a non-threatening way.
0: We look for current issues and challenges facing women in the legal world and offer ways of tackling these issues as well as provide a community of support and engagement. I'm Jeannie Forrest. I'm one of the vice deans here at NYU School of Law and co-chair of the Women's Leadership Network at NYU School of Law. Our guest today is Rachel Robbins, whose 30 plus year legal career started at Milbank Tweed. Rachel was general counsel and member of the senior management teams at J.P. Morgan, the New York Stock Exchange, and the IFC, the private sector arm of the World Bank Group. Today, Rachel is a senior independent non-executive director at Atlas Mara, a company aiming to build a premier sub-Saharan African financial services group. I've known Rachel for a long time, so I have to tell you, I'm really tickled that she's here. She holds a Bachelor's of Arts in French Literature from Wellesley College, as well as a JD from our very own NYU School of Law. I am pleased, can't tell you enough how pleased I am to welcome our guest, Rachel Robbins, who will be speaking with us today about career advancement.
1: Thank you for having me, Jeannie. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Really, it fits with our mission to ask you first about your experience both as a law student and as a professional. And really, how has being a woman been a part of that?
1: So my experience was great at the law school. I enjoyed it immensely. I I think everybody did who had taken a year or more off, which I had. I also was very fortunate to enjoy very much every job that I had. I was very lucky to have bosses who encouraged me. They were all males. There were very few women role models ahead of me. But I had bosses who encouraged me to reach out and try new things and as far as being a woman, I recognized early on that there's a narrow path that women had. If you were too timid, people worried she's not tough enough, and if you were too strong, you were the scary ice lady. So I learned how to modulate my behavior so I could project self-confidence in a non-threatening way.
0: That seems to be the trick of being a woman in the world today.
1: Another thing I would add is that I really made an effort to build relationships of trust across the firm, wherever I was, or across the company, with my internal clients, with my peers, and I think that that's a very deep theme of mine in terms of success.
0: What does that mean exactly? A relationship of trust it means it means getting to know
1: your internal clients. So I did this over lunches. Lunches were I didn't go drinking with the guys after work. I had two young kids at home, but I. I did set up lunches with my colleagues, with my peers, to understand their business, understand their perspective, so I could give better advice to them and they could get to know me and trust that I had their best interests at
0: heart. You started to show up to them, in other words. I started to show up to them, but not
1: just in a a meeting, in a situation that could be confrontational or adversarial, but more in a, I want to understand your business.
0: Can you talk a little bit with our listeners about your career path and what you ended up doing? You applied your legal training within an area of financial services, which seems like a total guy world to me.
1: Well, if you had told me when I graduated college that I would end up in the career path that I did, I never would have believed it. So nothing in my career was really planned. I started at Millbank Tweed and went into their banking department because it was the most international, and I've always, since a teenager, been interested in international affairs, and that's how it started, and then I was recruited to J.P. Morgan. I spent 20 wonderful years there, really learned a new area of law, securities law, which I had never studied, and became general counsel of the securities company before becoming general counsel of J.P. Morgan. And then I left Morgan to try something totally different. I I learned at J.P. Morgan that to be a good leader, it helps to have, and to have better judgment, it helps to have many different kinds of experiences. So when Morgan was acquired by Chase, 20 years to the day I had joined the firm, I decided I was gonna do something completely different, non-financial, non-legal, entrepreneurial. And ended up starting with two fellow ex-lawyers, a management consulting company, and was happily doing that when I got a call two and a half years later from Citigroup. So I don't want to make this a very long story, but nothing was planned. Things happened, and I guess the only, you could say it was luck, but I also had built relationships in the industry as well. And I was willing to try and wanted to try different things. And so being open to new experiences was something that was helpful to me.
0: You could say it was luck, but I never would, Um, because it sounds like it might actually be called planful luck more than anything. Um, This is, you're describing worlds of banking and finance. You know, the joke at law school is that, you know, when they come to law school, they say, I was told there would be no math. And you embedded yourself deeply into a world where there was a lot of math and there were a lot of guys. So would you have uh, some pithy remarks about how you'd credit your rich and sustaining career? Because it's been incredibly interesting.
1: So one thing that I always tell women is you know more than you think you do. And I observed that men are willing to speak out when they know much less than the woman sitting next to them. And so I pushed myself, and I still do, to speak out, even if I wasn't 100% sure that what I was saying was, you know, the best thing that has been said ever. And I pushed myself to take career risks. And I think that that's the most important thing that I would say is that women know way more than they think they do and they're too timid. I mean, we see it in politicians. Women don't volunteer to run for office. They have to be convinced. And so I think having the confidence to know that you you can try this, and if you don't succeed, okay, you'll pick yourself up and move on. But I think that's what's helped me. And in every job that I had as general counsel, I knew less than everybody working with me, for me. But I built relationships of trust with them. And I helped view my role as leveraging them. And that's, I guess, that's what happened.
0: That's your superpower. (laughs) Social research has this really interesting take on this, that women, in order to be um, persuaded to take a job, they have to have 90% of the skills required. And men will say, you know, we'll take this, even though I only have 20% of the skills. I'm game for it.
1: Well, my former boss at the IFC, who's Swedish, used to say, if there are 10 characteristics for a job, a man who has six thinks he's perfect. And the woman who has nine is worried she doesn't have the 10th.
0: Yeah, that really fits. So it sounds like part of what made you successful and what's making you successful is, I'm sorry, I have to call it bravery.
1: Well, I'll, I'll tell you, my first leap was... 30 years ago, when I was asked to start and build a department and be general counsel of the securities company at J.P. Morgan, we were just starting. And my boss, the president of the company, said to me, I'd like you to take this role. And my response was, I don't know anything about securities law, Dave. And he said, so you'll learn. And and that was the moment that taught me that you don't have to be an expert to take a role.
0: I love that it was a guy that told you that.
1: I I was very, I've been very fortunate in in my, all of my jobs to have wonderful bosses who are also mentors.
0: We can't do this without talking about the infamous work-life balance. I'm not sure if I believe in it myself. Is there such a thing? And if so, um, is it possible?
1: So at J.P. Morgan, we had an outstanding group of senior women, all of whom had two or three children. When I started in the legal profession, there were, one, very few women at all and those that did had no children. So there has been a change. Yes, it's possible. It's not possible in every job. And what I always advise people is find your own personal balance. And if you can't find it in one job, there are other wonderful jobs out there. I loved Milbank Tweed. But I knew looking ahead and seeing the life of junior partners, that was just not gonna work. A business model based on billable hours was not gonna work for me. So I moved into the corporate world and I have loved every minute of that in four or five different roles. So I think it's important to find the right job where it is possible. And it's important to find your own personal balance. And one thing that I did which when I've shared with a number of women they've found very helpful, is ask your kids or your partner or your significant other what's important to them. And you'll be surprised that it's not often always what you think. And so when my kids would say to me, it's not important that you come to this, Mom, but I really would like you to be at this soccer game, I would be at that soccer game, and I would skip the other thing that if I hadn't asked, I probably would have felt guilty and, and would have found tried to find a way to go to. So matching expectations, finding your own personal balance, which is going to be different for every person and is going to change even for you over time, is really important. And absolutely, it's doable.
0: I remember when I first bought a house and I said to my kids, you know what, we finally have a permanent home address And they both looked at me and they said, Mom, that's your issue. So it sounds like that business of actually clearly communicating is pretty fundamental. The talking through the issues, both with a partner and with the kids, I don't know that that occurs to us. It seems so commonsensical in order to create clear work-life boundary issues. I think about the long view of our career lives, and it seems like one of the themes that you're talking about is not necessarily being planful, but being attentive. And so many of our students, they're starting to think about their career and they're thinking about planning their families and what am I going to do next? And it sounds like a big theme for you is that you weren't necessarily planful. You were intentional about your own development.
1: Right, and and this is something my kids have taken great comfort from when they were in school. I said, you're never going to be able to plan your career. And I never would have projected my career to develop the way it did, and yet it was enormously satisfying. So the key for me is to be open to opportunities, to try to have different experiences, to round out your judgment, to take career risks, and to find personal balance.
0: Finding personal balance seems to be the thing that a lot of our, a lot of our young women tell us terrifies them, quite frankly, when they look ahead. So finding personal balance sounds like for you just communicating clearly. Well,
1: when when I when my kids were little and I was at JP Morgan, I had my kids when I was at Millbank. And this is true at Millbank also. I could have stayed at the office till midnight every night or all night. Every day I would make a decision, what do I need to do? So prioritizing and women are good at prioritizing and multitasking. I would say what do I need to do this week? What do I need to do tomorrow? And, you know, sometimes, and I would often work after the kids went to bed, but prioritizing and putting boundaries on what's really important and what's less important, both in the business world and in the personal world, is the key. You've got to, it's balancing, it's compromising, it's prioritizing, and women do this all the time.
0: We have this tendency to think that everything is important in this world of email and text messages and constant phone messages. So it's hard to make those priorities.
1: But I've seen so many women do it. Mm I have so many women do it. I love that it's possible. You know, it's shocking to me to learn that this is still an issue for women, really. Now, I do understand because there are a lot of jobs in consulting, in finance, in law, where they are extreme jobs that require enormous hours. And, you know, it may be that those jobs at certain points of your life are not the right jobs that are gonna allow you to have a personal life and to work. I mean, those jobs, you know, I I blame our generation for not having addressed that structural issue that these jobs were built where you have a non-working spouse at home doing everything. We have to change that. Hopefully, this will change while today's law students go out in the world. But in the meantime, there are lots of other alternatives, whether it's government, whether it's NGOs, whether it's the corporate world. There are lots of other areas where personal balance is possible and a fulfilling, very fulfilling professional life.
0: A more flexible approach to the profession. Yes. You've left us with a lot to think about. One final question, and that is now looking back, what would you say to your law school self, if you could just sum it up? Because it sounds like you've talked a lot about taking risks and priorities. So one
1: thing I do regret that I didn't do in law school, I wasn't proactive in law school about reaching out to professors, about getting to know them, about exploring different areas outside of the classroom. That would be one thing I I would regret and do over again.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me today and for sharing your experiences. I happen to know from a lot of our law students that you've been an incredible mentor. So you've not only guided me, but you guide them as well. So thank you for doing this.
1: Oh, it's been my pleasure, Jeannie. And if if you just remember one thing from what I've said today, it's you know more than you think you do. I love
0: it. For more information about the Women's Leadership Network at NYU School of Law, and to access more episodes in this series, please visit us online at law.nyu.edu slash womensleadership.